Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials Podcast. It is 9.48 p.m. on Tuesday, May 19th. Welcome back and thanks again for listening. And if you're new, hey, we're your host, Rochelle. And Samuel Shayola. We're the creators of MarriageMillennials.com, where we help millennials see God's design for faith, smart dating, and marriage. Pretty much, we share tools for millennials to honor Christ before a spouse and with one, and prepare them for family if that is a current desire they have. All right, and before we get started, as always, we want to tell you where you can keep the combo going with us after the end of this podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. This will be posted on the site, marriageformillennials.com, so if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post, or you can also visit the Facebook page, backslash MFMillennials. Rose Twitter and IG handle is Rochelle Sh- at Rochelle Shayola, and mine is at Samuel Shayola. So feel free to follow and talk with us there as well. Also, the podcast is on all listening outlets, so subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. Just type Marriage for Millennials in the search bar and it'll pop right up for you. Last thing, if you've been following or even if you haven't, there are a ton of cool things on the site from workbooks to our new free How to Change Your Love Life in 90 Days workbook, products, and more. So feel free to check those out as well. Alrighty, guys. Let's, let's jump, jump in. in. Hello again. <laughs> hey guys, um, welcome back to another podcast. Um, we hope you guys have been holding up well um, since we last got on here and spoke to you guys. Um, I think last podcast was probably the last podcast we had before the announcement we, we the, the announcement we made on Mother's Day, um, which is we are. Expecting expecting a baby. Um, yep. um, we are expecting a baby this summer, so I am pretty far along in my pregnancy. Won't say how how long, but um, I'm pretty far along in the in the pregnancy. Um, this is something that we've just kind of been sitting on for a while um, until we felt like it was the right time to share. Yeah, we've been sitting on this for a little bit, and uh, you know it's going to be a hot summer. Yep, it's yep, going to yep. be lit. Yep, so um, we are officially uh, announcing on the podcast that we are expanding our family. Um, so we are we do have a bun in the oven um, that will be out of the oven in in short in a short period of time. It's 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 we're 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 there. Like yes, I can no longer see my feet. So um, yes, um, so that's our news. Um, but uh, yeah, besides that. Everything's been kind of going well with us. What have we done this week, really? Just work. Yeah, I mean, it's still early. It's Tuesday, so. Yeah, but even since our last podcast, I mean, we just have been working. I mean, mean, Mother's Day, we did stop by my mom's house. um, Yeah, that was fun. Spent some time over there and food. Um, She really wanted to see us, and we really wanted to see her. So um, we got to do that. as you guys all know, Sam's parents um, are overseas, um, mm-hmm. but we did get to chat with them and talk with them, so that was great as well. Yep, so our mothers in Africa and domestic are doing well. Yeah. All righty, guys. Yeah. Well, anywho, um, won't hold you too much longer in regards to that stuff. Um, today's podcast is actually listener requested. Yeah. Um, we are so happy. I know on um, on our social media platforms and even on the last podcast, 
we say sometimes like, oh, email us or like, let us know if you have any suggestions. And like, we're actually grateful that um, somebody actually decided to do so. So yeah, check us up on um, that. Yeah. So um, our podcast today is listener requested. And today we are talking about being married um, and how that new dynamic impacts your friendships with your single friends. Mm-hmm. This is something I can relate to for sure. Um, I am actually the only married friend in my group. Um, And so, yeah, um, I I totally can speak from this from experience. Um, I guess going on two years worth of experience, I guess. Um, So, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. Should things change? You know, should they stay the same? Um, What is the... Is there a protocol for, for like being married and how to you know exist with your single friends? That's pretty much what we're gonna get into today, to today. All right. Before we get started, go ahead and click that subscribe button and share this podcast if you like. Uh, if you like our content and don't um, mind others liking it as well. So we love doing these things for you for free, and we ask that you spread the love. And I don't know about you, but that sounds like a good deal to me. <laughs> You guys know how we do our, our, our scripts and stuff, so it's you, you guys, you know the vibes. All right, so, um, yeah, so we're going to hop into it. We're going to hop right into it. We don't foresee this podcast being very long. Um, it's going to be like a short and sweet nugget, um, which, but we like those. Those are equally yeah. as good as a long one. So let's see. All right, so the first one is yes, things will change. Absolutely. You know, um, there's going to be things are absolutely going to change because scripture demands it. Like, um, from a familiar perspective, we know that you're supposed to leave and cleave. That's, that's exactly what it says in Genesis. This is what Jesus then also repeats in the new Testament that, you know, a man is to leave and cleave from his mother and his father and create his own family to his wife. And, um, and then, yeah, so they, they are now the new family unit. And that's naturally also going to affect your friendships as well. Right, and we talked about this, um, I think, um, a while back, and um, we did two Leaving in Cleveland podcasts. One of them specifically touched base on social relationships. Um, so if you'd like to, you're more than welcome to refer back to refer those, back yeah. to that. Go ahead and look at the archives of our podcast. Um, and yeah, and so you know things will change. You know, just because your family comes first. Exactly, it's all about priorities now. And um, while you could, you know, when you were when you were single, you could shift those priorities back and forth as you choose between family and friends. Um, you have a major priority now that you must uh, take the charge in. So, and, and this is why, you know, like I say, or many people say, like you know, singleness is not a waiting room for marriage. Like you have different pros and cons, different advantages and disadvantages depending on the season of life that you're in. And when you're single, you have no obligation. Like Sam said, you can bounce those priorities all the way around, um, you know, till the cows come home. Um, And you have no one to really be accountable to or obligated to think about because you are your own thing. Yeah, you can take the freedom to really devote your resources as you see fit because, like, the thing is, it's very similar to how um, when Paul was uh, looking for um, um, willing converts uh, to come along with him, right? He encouraged the people who could be celibate and be single 
Like he encouraged them a lot. And the reason why he put an emphasis on them is because it's different from it look, when you're when you're a Christian, your evangelism is going to be primarily family. <laughs> you have little unbelievers that you are literally birthing out and you have to catechize them. You have to uh, show them what Christian what Christianity is via the Bible. So that is your evangelism. Well, right there. and your spouse too. And, and, and your <laughs> spouse, spouse. Well, that's what I mean by that. I'm sorry, um, but in regards to the unbelievers, mm-hmm. your spouse, your spouse. Hopefully, you're marrying a believer. We've talked about that before. But with regards to unbelievers and you reaching out to the new people, that's that. But then Paul then says, um, but if you can remain single, remain single. Why? Because you can devote more resources freely to the cause without the obligations, the primary obligations of family. So the same thing goes when it, co- when it comes to your becoming, um, becoming a, a family man or a family woman um, versus, you being, um, versus you being single. Uh, when you're single, you can go and mingle and, and, and frolic with everybody. <laughs> but then all of a sudden when you become married, you got to start kind of having that laser focus. Right. And so um, another point we want to make in regards to things changing is the puzzle theory, kind of like what we've we've also talked about this before. Um, You are not fitting your spouse into your single puzzle or your single life. Um, You are seeing who fits in your new puzzle with your spouse. Um, And, you know, sometimes that means that things will change. Um, Some things won't be in your life as much. Some people won't be in your life as much, you know? Yeah. Um, And not... From a not even from a standpoint of like conflict or just like um, you know contention, but sometimes just the flow of you know life that that you end up going on the journey with your spouse. Sometimes that leaves certain people behind. Yeah, I mean, when when it comes to this, you you know, a puzzle is you're when you're when you're doing a puzzle, you're literally trying to find a piece that fits into another piece. And there are times in which you're going to realize that maybe you're forcing something that doesn't need to be forced anymore. Um, And if it's not, you know, I really emphasize this particular part because there's going to be some latitude of of, uh, preference in this where, let's say, for example, you're a husband and you have friends Many of them that are cool with your wife, but then maybe there's some unsavory characters who you're cool with as a husband, but maybe they're not, your wife isn't the most fondest of, she's not very fond of them. Or vice versa. Or vice versa, where, um, you know, you as a husband aren't very fond of, um, you as a husband aren't very fond of some of your spouse's friends as well. Or vice versa, right? Like where they're not very fond of your spouse, yeah. And um, so... Whenever that happens, if the spouse is willing to tolerate it for whatever interval of time that she or he or she is willing to tolerate it, that you both have agreed upon, then by all means, carry on. But if it gets to the point where it's just such a cantankerous relationship that is actually affecting your marriage negatively, then you're going to have to move on. And this is the difference between kind of boys and men in the sense that there, well, I know, I know personally, I even struggle with it. Whenever you're, when you're younger, there's a loyalty that men have a camaraderie for each other with. And, but 
once a man becomes married, there's a level to which he has to say, hey, as much as we are bros, I have to put my wife first, no matter what. And um, and therefore, that means that, I mean, based off of the level of how much you guys are at loggerheads with one another, I'm going to have to let you go. Yeah. And, and I'll see you when I see you. But like, I can't I cannot force this until, you know, until either time has healed some things or, you know, uh, apologies are made or whatever it is needs to be done, needs to be done for healing between the for healing for for there to be a. Uh, a mutual relationship that works. Right. And um, hmm. to add to that, we have talked about this concept in our podcast previously. And on one hand, I'm strongly against, you know, wives that are in the wrong and then they kind of, convince their husband to follow that incorrect behavior. I'm very against that. I think it's manipulative. Um, However, like Sam is saying, regardless of who's right or wrong, um, you know, you have to side with your spouse. And so that's kind of what we're saying in regards to, like, just that puzzle theory that... um, just with regards to the cohesiveness within your own relationship, right. you cannot have you cannot have disunity between you while you have unity with another person um, uh, outside of your relationship. That just doesn't it doesn't it does not gel with. I mean, God even says like you know if if you can't if if you're not treating your wife right, your prayers don't even leave the room. You see what I'm saying? So I have to love my wife properly first. And if and if her and I are, are in are are not harmoniously you know gelling together, then yeah, whatever that whatever is causing that disunity between me and wife, it has to be removed. Yeah, and that's just what it comes down yeah, to. And and like I said, we use wisdom. You pray for wisdom in in those situations from God, um, because sometimes your spouse is in the wrong. Um, but still, you know, at the end of the day, nobody is that deep. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, even if Sam was wrong in a situation, like, I probably would still be like, you know what? This isn't working. Like, you guys aren't compatible. So let's just end this season. Um, and and that be the end of it. And, you know, let the season end w- with grace and peace. Um, regardless of who's right and wrong, it really doesn't matter. The point is that person or that couple or, you know, that single friend no longer fits into your puzzle. Therefore, they got to go, period. Um, so moving on from that point, um, one of the things that marriage also does is it continues to make you more future-minded. And what we mean by this is that, you know, when you're single or even when you're in a relationship but not married just yet, you're thinking about the next weekend at best, right? Like, what are we going to do next weekend? We had so much fun last weekend. How much fun are we going to have the next the weekend after that? What date are we going to go on the weekend after that? Like, those are the kind of things that it's a fun time. You're thinking about those things. Um, but when you become married, you become more focused on the future. Now, those date nights and that fun is still there. But you yep. think about... <laughs> 
things in the future. Like, for example, like how is God going to be seen in this marriage? Or, you know, what do I want my family to be known for long term? Or what money do we have saved for the future? You know, things of that nature. Um, when it's the right time to have kids, if you want to have them. Or if you're anything like me, like, what are our paychecks going to for the next six to nine months, you know? Like, I have our life planned out as much as I can control with my flesh. (laughs) I have, like, our life planned out, unless God has a different plan, for the next, like, six to nine months. So, you know, as a result, your priorities change and your bandwidth can sometimes, you know, become limited. Um... You know, no longer are the days where you could, somebody could just like text me and say, hey, let's go down to the city and let the chips fall where they may. It's like, I don't have time for that. Like, right, right. <laughs> and so, um, you know, that's kind of what we mean. So, yeah, things do change. Yeah, I think that single people in general, one thing you'll notice is um, even amongst conversation, uh, at least I notice it anyway, um, Sometimes amongst it's not it's not always this way, but sometimes amongst our uh, single friends, when they ask you to come out or whatever, it'll be for like hours on end sometimes, and and I just think that um, you know there there's a level to which just the mindset in general is just like. Of course he can come out. Why why wouldn't he be able to come out? And then it's like, you know, with your with your with my friends who are who are married and um uh even have kids at this point, they usually only want they only want a, a small segment of my time. Um they themselves have other things that they have to get to to get done throughout the day. Um they themselves when they ask me questions will say, "Hey man, I know you got to discuss this with your wife. Um just get back to me tomorrow." Like it's not like I have to figure this out right now. You see what I'm saying? It's something where it's like literally, okay, I I'm in this place, so I can relate to where you are and how you you need to probably process this as well before you just make a decision. Right. You need to consult with your spouse. Yeah. Um I I honestly I'm grateful. I do have um friends, um, sisters that um they actually do consider my spouse, like, um, like I was telling you guys in the last podcast, you know, we're going to try to do like a social distancing hangout this Sunday, um, for Memorial Day weekend at the park. And it's only going to be a small group of us to, you know, social distance. (laughs) And, um, I was asking one of my friends just like, okay, well, let me know who's coming. So, just trying to figure out like, you know, am I coming by myself? What's going on? And they're like, girl, we, we've already included Sam in this number. So, um, you know, and that's just how they are. They, they know that we're a package deal and they consider those things. Um, and so I'm grateful for that, but sometimes it's not like that because they, because you have single friends that just don't get it. Um, and so our final point on this is friendship with other married couples. Like there are just some things that married couples understand that those that are single do not. Um, you know, yeah. there's something about a married couple pouring into you, especially, you know, married couples that mirror what you want your marriage to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something about a married couple pouring into you, knowing the vows that you have taken, understanding what that means, understanding what a death 
till death do you part life sentence actually looks like practically. Yeah. You know, understanding the trials that comes with that and being able to pour into you that single friends just don't understand because um, they don't have the weight of a covenant in in their lives at the moment. Yeah, it's it's they understand what you have to lose. And um, they themselves have already been fighting the fight um, and they have, you know, years of experience probably um, greater than your own even, hopefully if you're getting, uh, you know, even more experienced friends than yourself. And they themselves are therefore going to be looking to help you preserve uh, just as much as they've been able to preserve their marriages um, so that, uh, yeah, so that things can go well for you just as it's gone well for them. Um, it's very community-based, that, that, that point of view, once you get to that level. Um, it doesn't, it does, it's not so much individualistic as it, as it is when you're single. Right. Um, also, before we wrap this up, um, when you're single, it's, easy, it's easier to have friends that come from different walks of life. Um, it's easy for you to find some a small common ground that keeps you guys solid for years to come. Um, but when you get married, you kind of want your friendships to have some type of commonality. Like, you know, and it's not to say that all of your friends have to be clones of you. We don't believe that either, per se. Um, but there's a like-mindedness that has to occur. You know, for Christians, you know, you want to have the like-mindedness of Christ in your friendships. Um, Like I said, but it doesn't mean you have to agree on everything. We have friends that agree with us differently where politics are concerned. We have friends that agree differently as theologically, financially. Um, Just values are placed differently, but um, we still are able to be friends with them and be intentional friends with them. Um, But you get the greatest joy out of those friendships where there is a certain type of, you know, commonality um, between you guys. And so that's another thing um, in which, you know, marriage will change that. Um, One, just because you're married. And two, what that entails in your marriage is that you're going to adopt some of the things that your partner likes to do that you didn't really think about when you were single because you didn't have to worry about what they liked. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's going to pour into... Um, or trickle down into just the friendships that you guys have with other couples or whoever the person is. Yeah, I think naturally people are going... The reason why commonality matters is because naturally um, when you get married, it's not that you're risk-averse. Well, I think you actually are. You're risk-averse and... When you're risk averse, that means you're not trying. You're not trying to be a pioneer here. You're trying to find, hey, who has done this before? Anybody who've been married for ten years, fifteen years? Okay, what worked for you? Because I need to make sure that that whatever it whatever it is that you did, that wisdom that you applied, I need to see if that works for me. Now. Granted, there is room for risk aversion in the sense that there are things that you and your couple, you and your you and your spouse can try that might just work for you. But in general, when it comes to wisdom, we get our wisdom from a book that is 2000 years old. You understand what I'm saying? And it still works today. That's the greatness of that book. Now, that's that's what I mean by commonality. You're looking for that even in people who have employed that wisdom in their own lives. And that's why commonality works for couples. Right. And um, 
when in doubt, ask yourself if you could bring your kids around these people. That is a big deal. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I've got to, gotta, you know, do the pregnancy plug in here. Um, that is a huge deal as well. So, um, yeah, things will change. That is a good litmus test. Um, so, point two. Things don't have to change. They haven't changed, right? right. Um, I remember feeling like marriage was going to cause this change in me like fireworks and not because I was like one of those women just like dying to get married because I wasn't. Um, I, I valued marriage. I wanted to be married, but I'd never idolized marriage. Um, but just because like I just felt like, you know, I'm this... I was just in college yesterday. Um, you know, getting married must be this new thing. And I remember on my wedding day, like even with all the makeup, the hair, the nice clothes, the nice wedding and all that stuff, before I walked down the aisle to meet Sam, I literally found myself thinking like multiple times that morning, like, I still feel like me. Like, I, I still feel like Roe. I'm just, I just have a white dress on and I'm just, you know, getting dolled up and I'm about to say some vows that I mean with my heart. But I still feel like me. Like, you know, Roe, the same charismatic, funny, silly Roe. And so um, I think sometimes, you know, your single friends, they forget that. Like, I'm still the same person, kind of, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, that often happens. I think that... um and and they will they will make decisions for you in that aspect, right? They'll they'll be the ones that then you know they'll they'll say, okay, well she there's no way she'll have time for X or um, you know uh, well we'll just have to leave her out of this one because I know she'll be doing Y. And I just think that at the end of the day, yeah, I mean it might be true. It might be true that I'm doing X or I'm doing Y, but allow me the opportunity. To uh, to decline to decline yeah I or think, accept I think sometimes I think your single friends mean well I think we have to remember as married people that our single friends value our union more than they may say that they do mm-hmm. um, and I've I found that even in my own relationships. Um, and so they get very protective of your marriage, even without you telling them to. Um, and so they stop including you, th- including you in things out of respect. But I'm, I, I mean, I've had to have a have, I've had to have a conversation with my girls and just say, like, they'll say, oh, you know, we just assume that, you know, you'd be at at the house with Sam, and you're probably right. <laughs> I probably would be, but you know. That also might be a weekend where where I'm kind of just like, hey Sam, I'll be back, you know, in in yeah. a, in a, in a, in, a, in a minute. I'm going to hang out with the girls. Yeah. Um, and so, hold it down. Right, and so it's just kind of like, you know, um, I had to have that conversation with my girls and just pretty much say, don't stop and don't you dare stop inviting me to stuff. Like, and even when I got when we found out we were pregnant as well, um, you know, I was like, you know, let's do things that I can do. I mean, we went to Cal, we went to California um, in March, right before all this COVID stuff happened, <laughs> and we had the greatest time. And I was pregnant. Um, you know, they had their mimosas. I had my orange juice and, and sparkling water, like, you know, <laughs> and we had good times. Like, yeah. and so, um, you know, you can figure out how to make it work. Um, but, you know, 
if the love is there. If the love is there and you look at the um, similarities as opposed to the differences, you can make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's go on. to Let's talk about number three. Um, and this topic was uh, married folks don't adopt the you can't sit with us attitude. Yeah. What is the you can't sit with us attitude, Ro? It's this thing married couples do. or You can't sit with us is not exclusive to married couples but you can't sit with us pretty much means like you know at like the lunch table in school like you have the popular kids and they're like you can't sit with us like we're we're just this elite group of people and we're and and you're not elite so stay over there right and um it's been like that since the beginning of time i'm sure with kings and all that stuff like you peasants (laughs) over there and so um it's just the when it as it pertains to marriage there are times where um, married couples, we love marriage so much that we kind of make our status seem like this elite status that our single friends don't have access to and they can't sit with us because they're not married. And Yeah, and, and you know what? The thing about that is that that's actually a, it's a relatively new concept. Um, this idea, like... Let me let me bring it back a little bit. So I was talking with Ro about this, and I was saying how this is similar to how you know there there are some there are some pastors, for example, they they have these uh, multi generational churches, and what they mean by that is that um, when it comes to their church in this in the main sanctuary, all together mixed in one pot are the infants, the toddlers, the teens, the um, the the single uh, adults the married couples and the elderly all in the same uh sanctuary for the entire service <laughs> and and I know some of y'all sound like oh my goodness that sounds like a circus but that's actually the majority of human history guys like that's that's the way it was it wasn't that you know it wasn't where um like today we like to separate let's give the the children's church for the little kids um, you know, the infant um, nursery, let's have the teens um, youth uh, ministry, let's have the elderly and the, uh, those, those couples in the main sanctuary. And I, I bring that same thing over here with regards to this discussion on couples. I, I just believe genuinely that there is something that we miss when we separate each other out by class like that. Um, there are things that a couple that doesn't have kids can greatly vastly benefit from hanging out a couple hanging out with a couple with kids. There are things that a couple with kids can greatly vastly benefit from by hanging out with some empty nesters. There are things that a couple can benefit from by hanging out with um singles. On all levels and and, and teenagers and youth because on all levels there is a level of either accountability or a, a willingness to learn from that next level. But to always separate everything out, like only couples need to hang out with couples. Only singles need to hang out with singles. Yeah, you're going to see some of that, but don't be so hard you know, hard on that particular concept that you, you miss the great benefit of hanging out with all these other different types of people. Yeah, and um, another thing I wanted to mention that, that just popped into my brain is like um, because we are so trained in society to be so independent and self-sufficient and self-serving, um, we have a lot of 
different classes that um, just don't use each other in community as and don't realize the resources that we have in one another. Right. And so, like, one thing I've always thought and have been saying lately is, like, the worst thing you can do is have a friend that is in a season of life that you um, desire to be in and not ask that person for advice. Like, right. you, have, you, you have the free... Um, I don't know why we're so afraid to do it. Like, you have the free reign to do so for free. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but like... Um, Oftentimes we get in our own heads. But you get in your own heads and you're too afraid to ask or you're too insecure to ask. You feel like by asking your friend for advice, you are like showing your weakness. And it's, it's just like you, we, we all get into our own heads. An, an example of this is like... Um, there's this pastor, I don't, it's Todd something, I don't remember his, um, Michael Todd, I think is his name, he's like this um, pastor that everybody likes on YouTube, um, not really my style of preaching, but um, he, he just came out with this relationship book, um, I think it's called like Relationship Goals or something, and everybody has bought this book, I think I've seen like so many people pictures on Instagram of like people who have bought this book. I don't know what's in the book. I'm not here to tell you that the book is good or bad. But what I am here to say is that, um, you know, more than likely, you have people in your lives that are in relationships, that are in marriages, that have been in them for some time, that could have given you all that stuff in that book for the free ski. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there, there's a great resource, a treasure trove of information and biblical wisdom that you'll find within just your fellow man. Right. Um, that that you are just, you know, and I mean, there's nothing wrong with reading the books. I think I think books are great. Me and Ro read books all the time. It's just that um, the point that she's trying to make here is that when it comes to the information, um, God has given you community these people these communities these 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 links that you can literally reach out and touch and or call or whatever it is and communicate and then you don't have to worry about you know many things because you just have this general palette of wisdom that is just always flowing through you and allowing you to get through one hurdle after the next and that can actually help you in a tangible way like you know what i'm saying like when you when we um, even the books that we read, um, you know, we can read those books all day, but it's the community of people, um, that can actually pray for us. The author of that book doesn't even know who we are, right? Um, but it's the community that we have that can actually pray for us. It's the community that we have that can rejoice with us. It's the community that we have that when stuff is really going down, that person can call us talk to us. Um, one of the things I said on our first year anniversary post that we did is like, thank you so much for all of those people that reminded us of our vows when we forgot them. Mm-hmm. And that is the real deal. Holyfield. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know what I mean? And the person writing that book can't do that for you. Right. Um, and so, um, that's another thing, you know, um, don't, be afraid to use the resources that you have um, in community. Yeah. T- 
tap into those. Tap into those because uh, they're they'll you'll often find they're just as good as the books. I promise you that. Right. So our last point is uh, single friends find things that your married friends like to do. Um, I think that sometimes you know there's this internal battle that a married person is fighting like you feel like your your life as a single person is drifting out of your palms because it is that part of you is dying like it or it it really it really died after you you know made the covenant but like practically speaking like there's some kinks you still got to get out even mm-hmm. after there's no light switch that comes on when you get married and so there are some kinks that you have to kind of have to um kind of press out and mm-hmm. so um you know there's a battle that you are kind of fighting internally of who you, who the married version of you is going to be and how that um how what that looks like in regards to your single friends. And so sometimes your relationships with your single friends can quickly become you as the married person just trying to do what your single friends like to do so that they can just know I'm still here. It's still me. Like I can still hang. Right. Like I'm I'm not getting old. I'm not moving. I'm it's still me. And it's like it's not. Like you know, right. like you're you're changing and you know um I would just challenge you if you were single, like find things that your married friends like to do. Like again, like you cannot call me at 11 p.m. and expect me to go anywhere in in this lifetime. Right, exactly. Especially not after we deliver this child. Don't even think about it. But you know what you can do? You know, you can we can come over, we can cook, we can play games, we can do have a girls night, we can you know, get in where you we can get in where you fit in. And I again, I think we've said this a couple times in this podcast is that um, once you get to a point in your friendships where you are more focused on the differences between you two than the than the similarities, that's when you start to drift apart. And um, that's what a lot of people don't really realize, um, especially when you're dealing with two different walks of life, married versus single. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of similarities. Focus on that. Yeah, and, and you know, um, when it comes to those similarities, you're really going to have to start saying to yourself, um, hey, uh, how much of this person's time am I really going to take? Like, you know, with my friends back in the day, you know, you could take five, six hours of my time, literally on a weekend, and I have no problem with it. But with having a wife and a kid on the way, um, those things have to be succinct. They have to be very, very, you know, tapered. Structured. Hour and a half, two hour, two and a half hours maybe tops. And I got to get back to, to running some errands that I already had planned to get done today. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe you can spend that, that long amount of time, but it just has to be planned in advance. Exactly. Um, um, you know, because you can plan. I'm not, I'm not saying you can't. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. Single people. When you get married... And you start having kids, kids automatically, they not automatically, but oftentimes, when you see parents and they got like three, four kids and you're wondering, how are you able to juggle that stuff? How are you able to organize? Kids force you to organize things. Because the thing about kids is that if you don't organize the, the things for the, with the kids, oftentimes, your, your, your house will be in chaos otherwise. So oftentimes, you'll find that 
people with kids have organized lives and therefore you're going to have to organize your time that you're going to spend with your friend who is married um, and with kids and make sure that 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 is just a, you know, it's a great quality moment that you guys are able to have together, but you have to let him go so he can go back to his responsibilities. And that that's just what it is, is that you have to be just as organized as that family is um, with your own time. And that helps both of y'all to gel and, and still and still be able to um, enjoy each other's company. Yep. Um, and that's pretty much all we have for you this podcast. Um, again, just to kind of reiterate, um, being married and having single friends does not have to be the end of the world. Like it doesn't have to change things in such a way where, you know, you can't coexist and you can't still build beautiful relationships and continue on with those relationships as you guys do life together. Um, but it does take some intention and, um, um, it's not going to be the hardest thing in the world, but it's not going to also be the easiest thing in the world. Um, you have to really dedicate, um, your time, your heart and just your desire for things to work, to make it work. Um, and that's, that's, that's really it. Um, we thank you listener for, um, suggesting that we do this podcast. Really enjoyed it. Um, we did enjoy it and, um, we're definitely um, going to accept some more submissions. So if you have any, send them our way, send them through. Um, yeah. What's the email they need to send it to? You can send it to hello at marriageformillennials.com or you can just hit us up on the socials. Um, a lot of people like doing that better. We get a lot of DMs and um, uh, just comments. So you can do it that way if you'd like as well. So, right. Well, tell us guys. what, if you if you are a married couple listening to this, give us your uh, thoughts um, on, this, on, on the subject matter uh, for single friends and married couples uh, and, you know, married couples with kids even. Um, Please, let, let's hear your thoughts as well so we can all share in this community and um, learn from one another. All righty, guys. You take care. We will see you guys hopefully next week. God, Lord willing. Bye. Bye.